0: Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze.
1: Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I got a really cool guest with us, guys. Her name is Anna Kate, and I want to kind of give her a chance to kind of tell her story. And then today we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people might say doesn't really happen, but it does. So Anna, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. So could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you grew up, you know, a little bit of your story?
0: I was born in communist Russia in 1988. My parents brought me here to America when I was four years old for freedom, for freedom of religion. And because. What happened with the Soviet Union collapsing? It just left the country in shambles, as did communism. And I was raised understanding that socialism and communism is essentially the devil and control, and and and, and really hurts people. But I was still indoctrinated with liberal ideas, so I grew up very liberal, although a capitalist because I hated socialism. I was raised Christian, but I stepped away from the church uh, in my high school years. And so I have a (laughs) kind of an interesting course of my life. I was planning to go to medical school, but I decided to put that on hold to be a professional poker player. And from there, I got on the show, uh, CBS show Survivor. And from then on, when I got back home after filming the show back in 2015, I had a life-changing experience uh, where I was reborn to Christ. And it, my life has been amazing ever since. And it's quite an interesting story of how I was reborn.
1: Well, can you kind of go
0: into that? Can you, I mean, what happened? Sure. So I got back from Survivor and I noticed that I didn't understand it then. I understand it now as that God cleansed me of my obsession with poker and survivor. And so I came back home and I had no passion anymore for the things I used to love. And for some reason, I was just infatuated with politics. I mean, Donald Trump was on the campaign trail. I started ordering books. I started researching. I started really waking up and getting red-pilled to the idea that there's socialism is being pushed in this country. I mean, there was an open socialist candidate running for office. I mean, I'm shocked. And I remember the stories of my, you know, my, my parents and my grandparents and great grandparents told me as, as a child. So I didn't understand it. I ended up, uh, feeling really lost. I had a breakdown in my room and I said, God, I'm starting to believe that you're real because, you know, if there's a Satan and an occult, when it comes to, you know, pedophilia and sex trafficking, if there's, if there's a Satan, there has to be a God. I'm starting to believe. And I asked him in that room and broken down. I said, one, I asked him three things. One, show me your real. I'm starting to believe you are. Two, what do I do with my life? I lost all my passions. Three, tell me the truth of the world because I I feel like I'm being lied to. And two weeks later, I was on a reality TV tour with a bunch of survivors, amazing race, big brother people. And this one gentleman came up to me two weeks later and came, and, and came up and said, and I'm here to meet you. And I said, okay. I thought he was a fan. And, and, and he goes, uh, you know, this is, it's going to sound a little odd, but God uses me as a messenger. And today I'm here to send you a message. And I said, okay. And mind you, I'm an atheist thinking, you know, having an open heart to God, but still thinking this is crazy. And he goes, you know, I'm here to tell you that God is real. I'm like, okay, this is getting odd. All right. So he starts talking and, and, and without even asking him. Or telling him the questions I asked the Lord two weeks before, he starts answering questions such as, you know, what is going on in the world? He just starts talking about what's going on in the world. And then he looked at me and said, Anna, I wouldn't be surprised if you ever had a Holy Spirit experience. I said, no, I never had a Holy Spirit experience. Although I do remember something happening to me when I was 18 in Jerusalem on a birthright trip. And he said, "Explain that to me." And I said, "When I was 18, true story, I was with a bunch of my friends. I got a bunch of my friends together for this trip, and uh, we were all at the Western Wall, uh, you know, the Last Wall of God's Temple in, in 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 Jerusalem. And I'm standing there with one of my one of my really good friends, and as we're watching everyone praying at the wall, we are making fun of them. Again, I was an atheist, blasphemy to the highest degree. Why are these guys praying? These guys are so stupid. There's no God. All this stuff. right? I'm saying this with my friend. And, uh, and all of the sudden, <laughs> man, I had this euphoric feeling go through my body from head to toe. I realized now it was full of the spirit and it was the most, I, I, it was the most beautiful feeling in the world. And on top of that, I heard singing really, really loudly in, in, in my s- <laughs> It, 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 there was no one singing around me. I'm looking around. I'm looking I'm like, where's that coming from? It sounds like thousands and thousands of people joyously singing. And it sounds Could like. Did you make oh. out what they were singing? Sure. It it was, it was a note. It was one note and it was, ah, and I'm sorry, I'm not a good singer, but that's what it sounded like in my ear. And I'm thinking that there's thousands of them and it's joyous. And the way I would describe it, it was the most amazing, happy, they're happy singing this one, two, it felt eternal. It felt like it was forever. I look at my friend and I said, do you hear that? And he goes, do you feel that? And we go, oh my God, what is that? And for many years, I didn't know what it was. We just, I put it in the back of my mind. And 10 years later, God does not show you what you are not ready to see. And when I was 28 and I reached out to the Lord and uh, this gentleman came up to me and started telling me God is real. and, and, And he said, Anna, those... Those were angels you heard into the spiritual realm. You heard, you know, they're angels that sing at the throne of God. And I go, Wow. And and he and 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 he goes, What you felt was the Holy Spirit. And when he said that, I just knew. And I had, you know, I, I broke down, I repented to the Lord for everything, for all the blasphemy, for all the sins, for everything, 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 and everything. And I remember that night feeling so free feeling so forgiven for everything and the next day i travel to my sister's house and i'm on the airplane and i had just since since i was so clean of of all my sins i heard god speak to me he gave me so many messages for so many people things that i would have never known and uh and my you know my, and for my f- messages for my family messages for my you know my sister and my brother and So many people, and they were like, "How did you know this?" I'm going through this, and I said, "I know." Well, this is what you're going to do with this, and this is, it's, it's, it's a (laughs) fine. It was the most amazing thing that ever happened. So,
1: so you're telling you're telling me that ever once you got reborn and and you realized everything clicked suddenly, God just like started speaking to you. I mean, because for someone that might be listening, they might be going, "Wait, are you serious? How can God speak to you?"
0: Right. So he doesn't speak to me too often in terms of really loud. It, there's a f- two times he spoke to, actually three times he spoke to me really, really, really loud and clear. I just feel that something's right. You no, know, I pray, I pray in tongues and, and, and I, and I feel certain things, but three times he spoke to me really loud and clear. And this one time, okay, here's the, here's it's a funny story. So after I was reborn, I, I'm taking a flight to my sister's house. Here's the thing. I hate flying. So what do I do to combat flying? I'll have, I'll have a, you know, I'll have a double vodka Coke, you know, and I'll, uh, or rum and Coke and I'll, I'll relax or, 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 or I'll take a natural, um, my, uh, in, in the Russian is called it's this natural herb that calms you down. Cause I hate flying. So I get to the air, I get to the airport and I hear really loud and clear. Don't take anything today. You will be fine. Just listen to me. And I thought, who, who is that? And I'm like, okay, really loud and clear, as if it's my own thought. And I thought, oh, that's really strange. I don't know if I could do that. And I hear it again. Don't take anything. You'll be fine. Just listen to me. And I said, okay, all right, fine. I won't take anything. And I'm sitting literally at uh, at the gate. So here's here's another like interesting last little tidbit. Not not like side note. When I got to the airport uh, at the gate, when I was checking, giving my bag, my seat. Apparently is all the way in the back. Last row. It was like seat 30. It's like seat. It was a row 38. And I thought, Oh, this is horrible. I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking my, my, you know, I'm not having a drink and I, and I'm sitting in the last row. Shoot me. And I asked the lady at the check-in and I, and I said, is there anything closer for me to, to, for me to sit? And she said, No, I'm sorry. There's a waiting list of six people. Sorry. So then I get to the, um, to the gate. I'm sitting at the gate, and I'm thinking, I can't believe this is happening. And so I come up again and I say, Hey, and I'm really nice. I'm like, hey, is there any way you can move me closer? I'm really scared of flying. And the lady goes, And I'm so sorry. There's six people on the waiting list. Sorry, you, there's nothing we can do. And I'm sitting there at the board at, at the gate thinking, I'm not, I, I can't believe I'm sober right now in the last last row. And, and I'm not a drinker. I just- Really, just have a, a strong drink before flight. And anyway, so I'm 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 walking to board. I have my pass in my hand, and I hear really loud and clear, "Ask again." And I'm and I'm I'm thinking, "There's there's no way, there's no way, there's six people on the waiting list." And I hear really loud and clear again, "Ask again." So as I'm giving the boarding pass, this woman at the gate, you're about to get on the flight. She go and I go. I'm really sorry to ask you, as she's scanning me and it's beeping. I'm think, And I say, I'm really sorry to bother you, but is there any way there's a seat closer? I'm really scared of flying. And she looks at that and she looks at the monitor. She says, oh, actually there is eight rows up. There's an empty seat what okay fine so we move from the end back of the plane to pretty much almost the middle which is where I like to sit so I'm sitting in the seat and I'm sitting there thinking okay we're about to take off and and I see it by the way that in this way I knocked three times you know I was listening I was obedient I knocked three times I knocked when I checked in I knocked at the boarding gate and I knocked when I was boarding so three times I mean it's it's it's, it's it, it'll make sense later so anyway so so as I'm as I'm sitting in that seat we're about to take off I'm thinking again I cannot believe This I'm like I don't like to fly, and I hear really loud again. Don't take anything. You will be fine. Just listen to me. Okay, we're taking off. I am the most peaceful I've ever been in my life. I'm sitting in that seat. Peace come over me. I am. My heart is not racing. I'm not stressed out. We take off in peace. Wonderful. So I'm sitting there with no headphones in my ears. Normally I'm listening to something or reading a book. Just patiently waiting and just waiting on God. And I understand this years later, what God says, you know, wait, wait on me. And this, and, and, you know, he told me, listen to me. So I sat there waiting patiently. And a lot of times, you know, even now in, in prayer, sometimes I get too, uh, you know, too antsy got to go. I got to go, but it's really important to wait on God and something that we have to work on as Christians, because sometimes he'll talk to you, sometimes he won't. And so I'm sitting there and about 15 minutes in, I hear, so much loud and clear in a different voice, very peaceful, but different in terms of, I, I don't talk to myself in third person. I hear you have to tell your brother something and it's, and, and, I, and, and all this stuff came to me and I'm thinking, where how, where is this coming from? So I take out my phone to write everything down for two reasons. One, I don't want to forget what I'm hearing two, I, I don't know if my brother is going to believe me. So I have, and, and what I hear loud and clear is your brother is ready to hear me. This is what you tell him. He has to start reading the Bible. He has this and this job where he's living. He has an important role. And I'm like, uh, okay, so I'm, so I'm right And my brother, by the way, is an atheist like me. He more so than me. I mean, I'm starting to believe, you know, at that, po- at that moment in time I did, but for a long time I was trying to get it question it anyway so i hear this whole download we land we're landing and i ask in my head i'm asking uh god if this is you how do i know this is you and not my own banter in my head and 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 i heard loud and clear look left so i look left and there is this this woman sitting there reading this beautiful white book with a gold frame around the book. And the name of the book she's reading is called the whole truth, the whole truth. And I hear in my ear, what you are hearing is the whole truth. And I thought, oh, my God, And I started crying again. And we land. And and my sister, the first thing my sister tells me in the car, because it's my brother-in-law that I'm hearing these messages for. First thing she tells me in the car is, Anna, I think he's starting to believe. And I say, I know, I have something to tell him. That's kind of, you know, from then on, I mean, there's no going back. I had a spiritual experience. God, God, God spoke to me. God, the second time God spoke to me was in Texas. I went to go volunteer in Texas after the Houston flood. I wasn't sure if I was gonna go because it was a long, it was a long drive for me. It was six hours to my friend in Ohio, 20 hours from their drive to um, Texas. And so I asked God for a sign to tell me you really want me to go. I went to Enterprise to, to go home and I got this beautiful car that was upgraded because I asked God, I need a comfortable car. It's a long drive. It was an upgraded car, the only one they had, and the license plate in big letters said Texas. So I said, okay, God, you're funny. Fine, I'm going. So I ended up going on a trip to Texas, and I went to, with my friends to volunteer. And the first day we got there, it was a mess. We got to this area that was really, really downtrodden and really, I think, um, one of like a really poor neighborhood. And so you, we were actually, um, there were these, I mean, I call them thugs now, thugs that were trying to get us off the safety area to... Um, uh, to, in my opinion, for sure, rob us and possibly even kill us. I mean, uh, there was a red flag. They're so asking us, like after a while, they're asking us if we have any guns. Are you guys loaded? We said, we're loaded up the butt. Yeah, we're loaded. And then they ended up backing off. Long story. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and, and, and I remember practically almost near tears in the car um, because there's such confusion between the um, citizen dispatch that we're listening to. We're trying to get directions where to go, who needs help now. And there is such confusion between the army and the military and the cops. And by the way, I mean, I talk to everyone always. That's how I am. I asked the cops, you know, what times the curfew, every single entity told me a different curfew. No one was on the same page. You know, the army was saying six o'clock, Cops were saying four o'clock and then the National Guard was saying 10 o'clock. I was like, are you kidding me? So I'm I'm sitting in the car, dispatch, the citizen dispatch that have hundreds of volunteers going from all over the country that's in Texas at the moment, crying on the citizen dispatch radio. No one is talking to them. No one knows where to go. There's all disorganization. And I'm sitting in the car near tears thinking, oh my God, we we were almost mugged. I mean, these people are checking out our stuff. I mean, I realized later, I mean, God told me later, just, just careful, you know, that that you you missed, you dodged a bullet there, but I'm sitting in the car and I'm thinking, this is, I can't believe this is happening. I feel like I'm in the walking dead. That's what I thought. I think this this is like this is how it feels in The Walking Dead. I mean, I, I my brother told me to watch a show a long time ago. I don't watch TV, but he told me watch this one, and I did. Thank God, because it was like I felt like it was an apocalypse where there's no rule of law, no one is on the same page. People are trying to mug you. Armed guards, armed civilians guarding food okay at at this local supermarket where everyone is bringing food and supplies and donations and i'm sitting in the car thinking i i i can't this happening can't this happening and i hear really really loud and clear the first time in a in a year and a half i've heard him so loud tell me this is why you are here you are here to see this my people are not prepared and I hear this is happening in a small town, which it was a small town. Imagine in a city, millions will die. My people are not prepared, and and I, and that's what I kept hearing. My people are not prepared. My people are not prepared. We are not prepared. Us Christians are not prepared. We are sleeping at the wheel. There are people that are waking, you know, waking up to the fact that we are in the end times. We are not prepared for many reasons. One. We are not prepared to be martyrs. I mean, there's some people that are not prepared. They're living selfishly still. We are not preparing for the Lord's second coming, which is soon. You know, no one knows when it is soon. We are not prepared having, having, you know, backup food, backup water and preparing our communities, preparing the churches. We are not prepared. And so, and, 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 and I didn't understand what it meant at the time because again, I was still new, (laughs) new to the Lord, but I, you know, I understand it now and we're not, we're not prepared. I mean, God forbid something like that would happen. Even preparedness, I think also means with the cops, God showed me that day how unprepared our first responders are. I mean, listen, first responders, God bless them because they have a hard job, but the police. Right, the police, the EMT. Imagine this is a small city, and they're and they're so disorganized. Imagine in a city. Imagine you know this is happening in a suburb, and and it reminds me, you know, of of Russia. Like my my mom, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the reason why they brought us here was because when the Soviet Union collapsed, which that was a horrible mess, communism. But when the Soviet Union collapsed, families were each family were given vouchers for food. My mom and my sister remember we on these long lines, five-hour, six-hour lines for a ration of eggs and a ration of rice and a ration of bread if there was bread or a potato. And many times my mom told me she got, she was freezing cold winter sometimes. I mean, we're, you know, it's freezing in Russia during winter time, And she remembers getting to the desk and them saying, we ran out of food. My mom went home empty-handed. We were hungry. You know, that was one of the big reasons why she brought us to America. You know, my my sister and I had to ask if we can take an apple from the fridge. That was our rule in Russia. In America, actually, one of my mom's best memories. When we were in America, my sister asked, "Hey, mom, can I take this apple?" And my mom still tells the story with tears in her eyes because she said, "In America, you will never have to ask me again. You can take whatever you want from the fridge." You know, growing up with that, and then and then and then and and, and then the next day after that, you know, the the crazy day happened. Then the second day, we were we were uh, volunteering in a fi- local fire department. By the way. I mean, not surprisingly, Red Cross nowhere to be seen. FEMA nowhere to be seen. Guess who was helping the community? Churches were stocked up with stuff. Fire departments were donating and volunteering their time over time and also their space for food. Now, we were, we were in uh, Cleveland, Texas, uh, helping volunteer at this, uh, it was, it was, I think it was called the, the Grove uh, Fire Department and, we were feeding tons of illegal immigrants. Actually, God changed my heart there and then with illegal immigrants. Trust me, I'm, I'm all for legal immigration, but you know, God, God, God showed showed me to love them anyway, and and, and to you know to follow laws, but to to, to love them because I was starting to get a cold heart with them. You know, I'm feeding these you know the, these pregnant women who, who who have no you know air conditioning. They have you know um they they're old cars and they have no food and their children are hungry. It was such a it was it was just really wakes you up in that moment. Oh my goodness. These people are waiting in long, long lines. Like reminds me of my mom was telling me about these people are waiting in long, long lines. Here's what happened. People are not prepared. God forbid this happens in the city. And this is a suburb. They're waiting for hours in line. Imagine a city if God forbid this would happen, people will die. People will not have enough food. It's just, you know, so all that kind of stuff went through my head and, and God showed me that day. What is possible and people are not prepared for him or for economic changes.
1: The audience that that I speak to are both believers and non-believers. What does the church, first of all, need to do to prepare? But I mean, I assume that it's not just the basics of life, having food and water. What else can we do to prepare?
0: There is going to be, in my opinion, a massive revival of the church in this country. You know, the church has stepped away from the original church. You know, the church has been silenced. No longer is their leader, Jesus Christ, in many churches. Unfortunately, it is the same. Satan, and I'll tell you why. The biggest mistake the church has made was go under the system of the 501c3 nonprofit organization status and company status. So, for example, when you are incorporated, the business status, if you're incorporated, you're ruled by the state. When you are 501c3 status, you are now ruled by the federal government. So, if the IRS, by the way, if you look in the irs.gov, churches do not need to be incorporated. They don't need to be, but lawyers don't know any better. And so when new pastors come about, they ask lawyers and lawyers say, you have to be incorporated. They get incorporated. Churches don't need to be incorporated. They are tax free. They don't have to pay. They, they, it's, it's, it's in the IRS law. Now, a lot of people don't know that. So what happens now? They are 501 C three. So now they can't say certain things because guess what? IRS knocks on your door and says, Hey, if you don't stop talking about this politician and stop, uh, and and, and also the, the Linden law. If you don't stop talking about this particular topic, we are going to defund you. So what happens now? The church has to listen to the IRS, right? No longer is their tippy top head where they have to listen to Jesus. They're listening to man. They're listening to the devil. They're listening to everyone except Jesus Christ. And so what happened when they when when churches became into the five hundred one c three system? Ten years later, there was Roe v Wade. Where was a church silent? Ten years later, after that. God was taken out of schools. Prayer was taken out of schools. The church is under a satanic system, okay? They care about money, funding, right? They're essentially selling themselves. And there's many churches that don't know this. And actually, if you listen to Donald Trump's speech a, a little while ago, actually not a little while ago, it was a year ago, he talked about the 501c3 system, 501c3 system. He, uh, and there's prophetic voices out there that are saying, such as Mark Taylor, you can look him up on YouTube, he's wonderful, who has uh, prophesied Donald Trump in uh, 2012, uh, 2000, 2011, and also prophesized Donald Trump coming after the 501c3 status of churches um because he's ri- he's right this is going to free the church so number one churches have stepped away from how they originally were which were which was uh a uh free b helping the poor and helping our communities i mean whenever there was poor or homeless the, the church would take care of take care of them for the most part you know for sure churches still do that nowadays but Once the government stepped in and said, oh, we'll take care of it. We have welfare. We have food stamps. We got it. Churches, we're fine. You know, we don't need to do this anymore. Churches have to take a back seat. What has happened with homelessness? Skyrocketed. What has happened with, with, uh, you know, the poor? Skyrocketed. You know, anytime the government takes over... And you don't have to be a genius to see this or figure this. You don't have to be a Democrat or Republican. It is obvious. It is in your face. Whenever the government takes over anything, it goes to poop. It goes <laughs> to, sh- I mean, <laughs> it, it, it it doesn't work. We need limited government, limited taxes. So the church, it has to come back, it has to get rid of the 501c3 status. Okay, the incorporation, you're, 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 you're now ruled by the state, ruled by the federal government. Get rid of that get rid of that, start speaking, start talking, start getting involved in the community. And not only that, start preparing for Jesus' second coming. There are some churches I went to uh, in California, which, uh, not surprised, they have stepped so far away from the original church where they're having, you know, they're taking homosexuals, they have like, you know, gay marriage there and so far away from the original church and uh, the word of God. And not only that, but they're not preaching the end times. They don't believe in it. There are some churches that do not believe in the end times. They don't, they don't believe in the, uh, you know, revelation. And so there are churches that need to wake up and there are churches that need to understand who is really in control of their church because it's not Jesus Christ anymore.
1: Two things that really strike Strike me, you know, when you were talking about being under the state or under government, I'm reminded of uh, in the book of Acts when Peter and John are going towards uh, going uh in front of the Pharisees and they're telling them, well, don't speak in this name anymore. If you do, you're going to get got, you know, I'm also reminded. And, and the other thing you said that really strikes me is. If there are churches that don't believe in the book of Revelation, then what you're saying is they don't believe in the, in the entirety of the word of God and, and book of Revelation is the word of God. So therefore, wait a minute. If you don't believe that, um, I think you got a bigger problem than. Yeah. Have
0: you read the New Testament? I mean, this is what Jesus was saying. I will come back. I will come down with the clouds. I mean, he's he's with them saying how he's going to come back you know and and if you don't believe in the revelation then you don't believe in what Jesus Christ said that means you don't believe Jesus right so wake up
1: we can't we can't be dogmatic about our our doctrine can we what we have to do is when we
0: realize there's a church that is either a unfound unfounded on uh, you know, in 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 unrighteous ways, right? If you're if you're having homosexuals get married in your church, well, I would stop going to that church. So the way that we have control and the way that we can help them is if we step away from them. God cleanses out unrighteous churches. They're gonna close their doors, and they are closing their doors, and it's gonna continue throughout the country. And what I have noticed is there are far more home Bible studies, home churches. I'm starting to notice that way, way more. And that is because people are starting to wake up and starting to get prepared because the church is not preparing them. They're starting to have Bible study where they really go over revelation because the church is not going over revelation. They're singing their songs, you know, they're dancing and they are not preparing the people. And this is what God told me. My people are not prepared. My people
1: are not I'm, I'm reminded of the passage in the Old Testament. It says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, and so, I mean, that's it. I mean, I can tell you right now, my church is going through the book of Revelation on Thursday nights. So, you know, that it, it's, it's really, you know, it's really crucial, you know. And I, we're not talking about you know, exactly how to interpret revelation. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, how you should, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, for those that are Christians. I, but what I will say in agreement with is, with Anna is this, however you however you um, interpret it, you need to be ready. Jesus said, you know, uh, when he was talking about the 10 brides, you know, that five of them were ready and they had all their oil and they were set to go. And five were just like, yeah, we'll just do our own thing. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes, hey, give us some of your oil. Sorry, if we do that, we're kind of stuck. The bridegroom, the bride,
0: <clears throat> see the bridegroom is Jesus. The bride, the church is not ready. So Matthew 25, which you were just saying, exactly, there is half, it, it almost seems like it's more than half of, of his people that are not prepared and not ready. They have no oil in their lamp. And there's and there's the other half that is ready, that is prepared, that is is waiting for him. And that will be, marry to him when he comes back down. And what I have to say, side note for people that maybe do not believe, and that's, and that's, that's fine. What I want to say, and I have a feeling you guys might, might uh, have your own experiences and the Holy spirit experiences, but what I want to say, even if you don't believe and you, let's say you don't want to believe or, or it just, you know, it sounds, it's, it's just, the whole book sounds weird and, you know, there's no way it's possible. I would say at least read Revelation and read, what's go- read the prophecies. Because let me tell you, the Bible is the most fascinating book in the world because it has 2,500 prophecies. And every single one of them, one by one, comes true. One by one. Never found a book like that. In this Can you book. give an example of that? Sure. For example, in the Old Testament, where it talks about the Son of Man coming, who uh, many examples is going to, is going to suffer, is going to be crucified. Um, when he's going, which Son of God, which is Jesus, when he gets killed, he is going, they're going to gamble. uh, He's going to be betrayed by 30. Thir, um, 30 pieces of silver when he is killed and crucified go- the guards are going to gamble over his clothes he has two pieces of clothes he has that he has that long um he has his pants and he also has this long garb that goes over him and so pants they split in half and the garb they gambled who was going to um who's going to win it and so they then that's exactly what happened the guards gambled who was going to keep his clothes All these, all these prophets, there's so, there's tons and tons and tons of prophecies throughout Old Testament that has proven the New Testament. And if you look at, so my point is look at Revelation. Let's say you don't want to, you know, you weren't alive during Jesus's time the first time. Well, read Revelation now and see if it's, you know, if it's coming true, you know, rumors of wars what do we have rumors of with north korea you know kingdom and so kingdom versus kingdom nation versus nation i mean this it's prophesizing world war three well
1: not only that not only that if you look at uh in in the book of second timothy it says that people will be gossipers they'll be self-loving they'll be insolent they'll be and he just lays out this whole litany of the way people are acting today and you read that and you go Well, that describes a bunch of people today. I mean, look on Facebook.
0: (laughs) Look on, you know. If you read these books, it's happening now. And so the way that God proves himself is through his word. So the one thing that God holds higher than his name is his word. Jesus said, Behold, I have foretold you. He has told us in advance. He doesn't do anything without first warning us. And how does he warn us? He warns us through prophets you know jesus says oh jerusalem jerusalem woe jerusalem it kills your kills your prophets in the holy land of jerusalem and, and it was it was it was also foreshadowed that these prophets were going to get killed and so god talks to us through prophets and blessed are those who listen and believe prophets okay blessed are those who believe in prophets uh, believe the word of the prophets because god doesn't do anything without first warning us one he's a merciful loving god and two This is how he proves himself to be real. This is how he proves it. And so prophetic voices, uh, prophecies in the Bible, 2,500 of them, I mean, they're all have come to pass. And many right now are coming to pass in your living days. And you're living in the most amazing time in history because huh? it's going to be It's going to be, it's going to be hard and dark because what's coming is very, very dark tribulation, but it's also going to be amazing because he comes back again and then it's heaven on earth, heaven and earth gets married and there's now heaven on earth.
1: The interesting thing to me is a lot of people, they might say, well, how can you say he is a loving and merciful God yet in the same breath say that all these dark things are going to happen? Because why would a loving and merciful God allow these things?
0: and you have to understand that that is not God that is having bad things happen. You know, that is the devil. And what happens when people step away from God in, in history and in the Bible, God has said he turned away from his people. And what happens is when God turns his face away and doesn't protect, Have us have this protection around us anymore. Well, what happens? The devil comes in. The devil comes in and does whatever he wants to do. And so when we step away from the Lord, this is what happened. But God is merciful, He is a loving God. There's many. There's many instances in history and there's many people that I know personally where God has stepped in. Um, But it's the hardest thing to explain to people. It's like, God is not responsible for the murder and death. That is not God. God doesn't kill. God doesn't lie. It's the devil and people have to, it's also unfortunately part of the course. I mean, there's a reason for everything and sometimes you don't understand it, you know, right away, but later on it kind of, you you understand why God sometimes lets certain things. And, 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 certain things happen. And actually, the, the the another big explanation for that is this, is that God is very adamant about free will. So God tells us the commandments, right? These aren't suggestions, these are commandments, but this is righteous way to live life. And at the end of the day, it comes down to a human's choice. Okay. It is your choice whether you want to kill, whether you want to steal. Now, God is not going to force you to do anything. He's not going to deceive you. He's not going to pressure you, right? That is not the spirit of God. That is a spirit of the devil forcing you or, 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 or enslaving you. God is all about free will, which is why Jerusalem and America are so, uh, you know, are grounded in this Judeo-Christian values, freedom, right? Freedom of religion, Free free market protection freedom because God will never force you to do anything. At the end of the day, it is your choice. What Satan likes to do is to uh, deceive, and so what he does is tell people, "Oh, you don't have free will in this world. It's all automatic. It's all you know your neurochemistry in your brain." Careful of those people that lead you down that path because they're leading you the gateway to hell. Because you absolutely have free choice. When we are standing in front of God and every single knee will bow, and it says in the Bible, every knee will bow and every knee will bow to Jesus Christ and to God. And when we do, we have to a tone and we have to explain every decision we made in our life. And it won't be, oh, well, the neurochemistry in our brain. No, you made a choice and you killed someone. So either you repent or, or face eternal death.
1: That's pretty, that's pretty harsh. That's pretty, it almost seems like some might look at that and go, well, that's not really much a choice, either serve God or get punished forever. What, you know, what, what, what choice do you really have at that point?
0: we have a choice in this world. Okay. We have choice to do whatever. And there have been many people who have found God years later, years after they have done so much wickedness. I mean, there's a story of this man, I have to get his name. I keep forgetting his name. He went to jail for murder. He murdered six people. And he was in jail for, for life and found God and found Jesus Christ and repented for all of his sins. And he from his heart repented and asked for forgiveness. God forgave him and God spoke to him. And he actually started a ministry and he saved many, he saved many more people the people that he's actually killed. And, and, and of course, uh, you know, every anyone lost is is just horrible tragedy. But God is merciful and forgiving when you with repent with all of your heart. So he started a ministry and he saved thousands. That, that ministry still exists and he's still saving people even though he passed away recently. What does that mean? That means that live a life righteous right live a life having god in your heart being a good person um, you know accept jesus as the lord and savior you know john 316 and you will have eternal life and so you do have a choice. And when you find the Lord and you realize, wait a second, he's real. Wait a second. Jesus died for our sins. Wait a second. I feel, and I hear the spiritual world. I hear someone talking to me and that's not me. That's the Lord. I think, you know, double check. It has to go across. It has to make sense with the scripture or else it's not, someone else talking to you. Um, Cause it's, Devil likes to fool us, um, but it has to go with the word of God, and that's when you know it's real. You have free choice; you have a choice. And when you find Him and you repent with all of your heart, and you say, "I'm so sorry for for blasphemy, all the words I called you. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for mistreating this person. I'm sorry for this lie. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for me." You know, if you killed someone, repent with all your heart. God is a merciful, loving God; He will forgive you. And so, from then on, live a righteous life. So here's the thing. You only have this life. This is why I say every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Every knee will bow when we leave this world. Even the people that hate God and blasphemy and don't believe, they will be in front of the Lord and every knee will bow to Him. I mean, there, it's, it's not even a choice where He's going to force you. You're going to be so, the soul is going to be, that soul is going to be so terrified, your knees are going to buckle and you're just going to fall. I mean, it, it, you're going to bow to Him whether you you physically can stand there or not. It is too late when you. Passover, and that's, and it's, it says it in the Bible. So, again, just it's a wonderful life to live. I mean, my life has changed the past two, you know, two and a half years now since I actually, well, I found him in 2016. I was lost for a decent amount of time. And in uh, 2015 when I got back from Survivor, but it has been the most amazing two years. God has taken me all over the country and has, has prepared me for certain things that he wants me to do and prepare the country because he's coming, he's coming soon really soon and we need to prepare and we need to get ready and we need to wake up the church needs to wake up the church needs to get with it because they're gonna they don't want to be the five brides that are unprepared when he comes.
1: Anna thank you so much for coming on the show it has been a pleasure I, I, I am really amazed and guys um and before before we
0: depart where can people find you? You can find me on my website annacate.com that is a n n a k h a i t.com or you can find me on Twitter that's my favorite platform um, at Anna Kate, or on my Facebook
1: um,
0: fan page Anna Kate show
1: if you if you guys enjoy this please rate and review the show you can do so on iTunes and on Google Play and uh, please share it if you find it so, if you find someone who would would benefit from it so with that, Anna, again, thank you for coming on the show. It has been a real pleasure.
0: Yes. But God bless everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.